Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. special day. It's far more than just a three-day weekend, and uh, especially for the families affected. I promise you that it is not a time or a season of just celebration or rejoicing, certainly not a time. Uh, You know, just sadly, when we see what things like this morph into in our society, it's, there's a certain sense of sadness. The last couple of days, I've been in town, and I've, I've just watching people with their their uh, trucks and their boats and their coolers filling it all up with beer and all this kind of stuff and I'm thinking wow this is so far away from what really should be going on and uh, I don't mean that in a condemning way but it is just so far away from what really the true meaning of this is but I'm thankful for that and uh, we want you to just just enjoy the next few minutes of a of a short video in honor uh, of all of the men and women who have given their lives so that we can be where we are today, doing what we are, and we're free to be here as long as we want to be here today and and do whatever we want to do. And the price of that, I mentioned this many years ago. I don't think the signs, I think for whatever reason, the signs, they probably were not politically correct, and so they've been taken down, sadly. But for many, many years, there there were signs in the parking lot as you turned in, at least into the VA hospital in Lake City, I don't know about any place else, but that's where I saw them more than once. But there were signs as you turned into the parking lot that says the price of freedom can be found here. And so when you walk, a very sobering message, because when you walk in that lobby and you see those men and women that have, many of them maimed, lost limbs and things of that nature, but even if it's not something you can see physically, with your eye, they are dealing with things, and so pre- freedom has a price. But I'm proud to be an American today. Yes, Amen. Share this. Amen. I wonder if we could just stand and could we just offer a moment of silence? Out of respect and honor to the men and women and the families today who are still dealing with this. There's an empty chair, an empty place in a heart and a home. And I wonder if we could just bow our heads in a moment of silence for these families. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful to be in America? My, my, my. With all of our woes, with all of our issues, I'm still thankful to be in America. Amen. Amen. I want to pray over the word of the Lord today, and I just want to share something with you that I feel like the Lord gave me the other day. And uh, I just ask the Lord to speak 
maybe a word of comfort. I don't know. I don't know what it may be for you, but I believe that, that all of us can take something away from this. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for the presence of the Holy Ghost we've been able to feel today. And I thank you for the anointing of your presence and your spirit that is rich and real. And I'm asking you today, God, to just anoint the word that is alive and let it be a seed in our heart and lives and strengthen us today. Help us to receive it, not just in our heart, in our, in our mind, but help us to receive it, Lord, in our, in our spirit that we can let your presence develop in us a hope that cannot and will not be removed no matter how dark the night. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. You know, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. We have received a clear word from God, perhaps a word concerning our life and our future. And I don't think there's just a few people in this room that would uh, these statements would apply to. But we have received through whatever means or method that God has spoken something to us that confirmed where we were and it assured us on where we were going. And, and uh, we're just human. There is just something in the human nature that causes us to sometimes want to think a little bit of head. Uh, for example, we can hear about a certain person. We can not know them, but we can hear their names. We can hear uh, someone describe them or their relationship with that person and inadvertently, as it may be, we begin to envision that person and what they may look like or what they may be like. And, and, uh, and so many times when we receive a promise from the Lord, I've had the Lord do some remarkable things in my life to speak about what he was going to do. And, and many of those things have come to fruition. Some of them have not. But I have often been... I have often been somewhat taken by the fact that, that you can receive a clear word from the Lord, maybe not about just something so prophetic about what you're going to do, but just something about your future that just seems to solidify, perhaps even answer some questions in your life. And then all of a sudden, God just seemingly takes you to a holding pattern, amen, or something that has all the trappings of just seeing so indefinite that we are just in this no man's land. I don't know how many people I'm talking to today, but I think I'm talking to some. Where we receive something from the Lord and we just think perhaps Monday morning when I wake up, this is just exactly what it's gonna be. It's almost gonna be gift wrapped on the front porch. And, and instead of stepping into that wonder or that glory, it's just as though God just picked you up and just set you completely so far off the path and it just makes no sense. So on one hand here, we have these clear directions from the Lord, and yet on the other hand, there seems to be walls that are so tall that we can't see any way around them. Amen, we, we, we have to know that God has a plan for my life, all of us. He has a plan for our life. He meant for some of us, that word perhaps has been a little more clear and a little more direct than for others, but a word that is somehow confirmed time and time again. Just last night, we were talking to a man who was sharing something similar with us about how that God had confirmed a word in his life again and again and again and again. 
And so he said, I, 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 don't, I can't see it right now, but I'm gonna hold on. And you know, from, from time to time, we feel that very same way. I received that word, I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm trying not to let life snuff that out. I'm trying not to let the circumstances of life or the things going around me, on around me or people around me. I'm trying not to let that, not let that light be snuffed out, amen? But somehow I just can't seem to close the distance between where I am and where I feel like I'm supposed to be. Amen, all throughout scripture, and I believe in life as well, we see this very dilemma played out again and again. And to be sure, these are miles of frustration. Times like this can bring a measure of uncertainty to our walk with God. It can certainly bring our faith under fire, amen. It can bring our faith under fire. It's in seasons like this that, that the things that we felt so sure about things that seem so sure, now all of a sudden have little question marks at least hanging around them. But it's in times like this that we need to turn our attention to the unchanging word of God and stand upon that word and allow the truth of his word to bolster our faith and establish our steps before him. Many years ago, uh, through, a, through an incredibly series of uh, miraculous events that unfolded within just about a couple of hours in my life, the Lord gave me a passage of scripture. And, uh, and, and in, that, in that moment, I, I took that passage of scripture and I have that passage highlighted in every Bible that I own except for one. That's one Bible that I don't highlight in. But, but I have it all highlighted and from time to time, I just go pull that passage out because it seems like there's a lot of real estate between where I'm standing right now and what that particular passage says. But I'm not going, I'm, I believe that when the Lord gave me that, I believe it was a sure word. I'm not gonna forget the moment. I'm not gonna forget the power of that moment. And so sometimes I just pull the Bible out and I open it to that passage of scripture and I read those scriptures. And you know what? It seems like I'm a long way from where I am to there, but I'm gonna read them in faith. Why? Because I don't want the light and the hope of faith to go out in my heart and in my life. Amen. And so we see these things. And so it's those times when, we, when doubt begins to creep in, we need to put our trust in God and allow the truth of God's word to bolster our faith. Perhaps nowhere in scripture is this more clearly illustrated than in the life of Joseph. Now, I, I just went to this common place because so many people know the story of Joseph. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery and there is no way he could have predicted that turn of events. He was the favored child in the home. I mean, he had sort of had that proverbial silver spoon in his mouth and, and life is absolutely going his way. There was no possible way for him to determine what was about to happen in his life. And especially if we compare that in light of the dreams that God had been given him. And we know now the end of the story that this was not just Joseph being high-minded of himself, but it was really the Lord that was laying these things on his heart. Dreams that foretold that his family would bow down to him. But now he finds himself the property absolute property of just a nomadic group of people that are just traveling alone and that did not seem to fit the plan. Amen, this could, 
This could also be said of the years that he spent in prison, the years that he was lied on, the years that he was cheated, and, and on and on and on, the details of, of this story. I'll not get into all of that, but it would be fair, absolutely fair for Joseph to wonder, has God truly abandoned me? Amen, times like this make you question a lot of things. I, I know we all say we don't wanna question God, but I believe that to some degree we all have a few questions for God. I mean, this doesn't make sense. You, you gave some clear direction. You, you, I didn't ask for this. No more than Joseph asked for this. He didn't ask to be the born. He didn't ask to be a favored child. He never asked for the coat of many colors. He didn't ask for the dreams. He didn't ask to be used of this. Minding his own business. Amen. And so no doubt, no doubt Joseph asked himself in all of these seasons of disappointment and disillusion were his dreams really just the product of of his own self-righteousness? Am I just thinking too highly of myself? Did, did I somehow just start believing that everybody in the world felt as, that I was as special as my father feels? And, and maybe Joseph is just reevaluating his whole life. How in the world did I get so far off track? Amen. However, what Joseph could have no way of knowing was this, he really wasn't off track at all. He wasn't off track even just a little bit. Amen. But God was going going to do something in his life. Amen, God was going to touch him and bless him. The plans of his brothers, they meant that for harm. But God said, I am gonna use this for your good. Joseph, this is where you are now. But in order for me to get you where I need you to be, for me to use you for your ultimate purpose, amen, God just kind of left all of that blank. Wouldn't we really, a portion of us really appreciate it or a little bit of our heart, wouldn't we really appreciate it if God would fill in the blanks? And most days I'm really glad that he didn't, amen. But I don't know if I could handle it if the Lord just told me everything play by play. And so he left a few blanks in this story, amen. But these steps, even though we feel like sometimes reading that, if we didn't know the end, we could feel like that what in the world am I doing here? Why am I in the pit? Why am I being lied on? Why? Am I being imprisoned and why am I being cheated? Amen. But God understood one thing. These were ordained steps. God had his hand on him. The Lord knew from the very beginning what was going to happen. God was going to use these men and others, amen, that God had strategically placed in Joseph's life right where he needed them to be. I'm gonna tell you that Potiphar's wife needed to accuse him because he, not, he wasn't supposed to be in Potiphar's house the rest of his life. Amen, this is not your destiny. This is not the end. And so why is this happening? This is happening because I gotta get you out of here and I've gotta get you to where I'm ultimately taking you. Amen, I've got to get you here from here to there. And so God was using these men. As a matter of fact, the Lord even talks about that he used Pharaoh in Egypt. Amen. We wouldn't think that Pharaoh could be used of God, but God said, I'm going to use him. I'm going to use this man. Amen. We know that man has the ability to frustrate the will of God. There's no doubt about that. Amen. To be honest, I'm not sure how God's sovereignty operates 
against the self-will of humanity, amen, but I know that God does. That this, in other words, let me say this, that despite man, God still has his way and God still uses and God's will still goes forth. There are times that we as mankind frustrate the will of God, either through doubt or unbelief or a myriad of ways, but I know this, that God is sovereign and God's will is ultimately going to be accomplished. Even when life, throws unexpected situations at us. Amen, it's only an unexpected situation to me. It's never an unexpected situation to God because he sees it coming and God has a plan. Amen, I know it's hard to understand. It's a difficult truth at times in our life, but I just want you to hear me today to tell you that God always has a plan. We may be completely taken, but God is not taken. The only human emotion that God has never experienced is the element of surprise. God has never been surprised. Sometimes life seems so far off course from where we thought God was taking us. The promises that the Lord made, they were so definite. God just seemed to color in every little corner of it. It seemed so clear. And then all of a sudden things spiraled out of control. But I can't forget, afford to forget that God knows what he is doing and he has my life and he has your life in his hand. Can I tell you, he doesn't just have our, his, he doesn't just have our present life in his hand, but he has our future in his hand. Hallelujah. I just feel in the Holy Ghost today, amen, that the Lord needs to get this in your heart and we need to open ourselves and receive it. He knows exactly what he's doing and there is a reason, amen, for what we might deem as a delay. I've, I've had the Lord move in such a strong and powerful way until I just, I just almost was left to believe in my own humanity that God was gonna do this in the next 30 minutes. It was just that real, that powerful, you just think, I mean like dominoes, he's gonna be, they're gonna be delivering this in, in 30 minutes or less, this is gonna be on my front porch. And then all of a sudden it just goes on and and, and on and on and on and we wonder, well, well, did I miss the will of God? Did I not hear? Did, did, did somehow, am I, am I believing my own press report? Somehow, where did all of this take place? But I gotta hold on to that word of the Lord. I wanna turn our attention to another passage of scripture concerning the promise. After the death of Moses, Joshua was commissioned to begin leading the children of Israel into the promised land. And so if we take a quick look at the book of Joshua, it reveals several important things in its opening chapters. In Joshua chapter one is where Joshua, Joshua receives his marching orders. Joshua chapter two, Joshua sends in two spies to look over Jericho, and it was here that they were spared by Rahab the harlot. Consequently, she and her household was spared for her bravery and her kindness and her faith. Chapter three, they come to the banks of the Jordan River and miraculously cross on dry ground. Chapter four, they build a memorial from the 12 stones that were carried from the, from the bed of that river. In chapter five, they come to Gilgal and it was here that God instructed, instructed them to circumcise all the males that had come out of Egypt and had not been circumcised because this was an effort to remove the reproach of Egypt. 
They all stayed in this town or this city called Gilgal. The Bible says until they be healed. They were there until they were healed. And so when they come marching out of Gilgal, they run right into an angel who identified himself as the captain of the Lord of hosts. Joshua walked up to him and said, are you on our side or are you on their side? Amen, but he stood with a sword in his hand and he said, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. This encounter was so incredible because it was akin to the experience of Moses standing at the burning bush, certainly in this sense, because this captain of the Lord of hosts told Joshua, he said, take your shoes off, Joshua, because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. That's, that's what we find about Moses standing at the burning bush. Amen. Then, and then chapter six. Let's go here to chapter six and verses number one. Amen. Chapter six opens with these words. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, now this sounds pretty straightforward. You don't really need a commentary here or so it would seem. The Lord said unto Joshua, see, I have given in, into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. I've given that to you. It's already in your hand. Well, that just kind of sounds like the deed's already been filled out. It's already been handed to you. Amen, that sounds like a well-rounded package. However, we know if we continue reading that there were some things that were required of them before they were going to conquer this city. They marched around the walls several times for several days. They had to shout very specifically. They marched very specifically every day. Amen, they marched. And then very specifically, they shouted. Amen, with a voice of triumph over what was going to happen before it happened. And then once the walls came down, they had to take the city. Amen, I suppose the list could go on and on, but you get the point. In other words, God is not really just in the business of just slicing off something and handing it to us. He gives us a promise. Amen, I'm not talking about with strings attached, but God is gonna give us that promise and it's the process of carrying the promise. Amen, that God can just begin to incrementally bless bless our lives. Amen. We think that sometimes it's all going to happen at one moment, one service, one song, one sermon, but can I tell you, amen, the greatest gift that God ever has given the church is his incremental blessings. I'm thankful for what the Lord did last Sunday, thankful for what he did Wednesday night. I'm thankful he didn't just pour out all of his glory here today, and if the Lord tarries, we're going to be back here Wednesday night, and they're going to receive another incremental blessing of the Lord, praise God, praise God, amen. Now God gives us promises, but there are some things that we are going to encounter that we don't understand after receiving that promise. Now I wanna go a little bit further back in scripture, we're gonna go to the book of Exodus and remind us of something that we have the tendency to forget sometimes. In Exodus 23, we read some of the promises that God was making for those who were destined to go to the land of promise. Amen, the promised land. In Exodus 23 and 27, and this is a split screen here, you can probably figure that out uh, for our English and some of our Spanish constituencies, so just bear with us here. He said, I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all thy people to whom thou shalt come and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. 
Wow, this sounds pretty cool, don't it? Amen, I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Heavite, the Canaanite, and the Heatite from before thee. That sounds wonderful. God is gonna go before them, and he's gonna do some mighty exploits on their behalf. But now let's look at verses 29 and 30. In verse 29, it seems like God has kind of backed out of this, but you just gotta stay with it. In verse 29, he says, I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. In verse number 30, listen to the promise. He said, by little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou until thou be increased. Amen, I'm gonna drive them out just a little bit at a time, amen, because I need you to increase a little bit at a time, and I need you to inherit this, but you're really just gonna inherit it a little bit at a time. At first, it doesn't make sense because it sounds like God is just gonna give it to us, amen, but now he's saying, I am gonna give it to you, but I'm not gonna give it to you all at once. It wasn't that God went back on his word, amen, and it wasn't that God, amen, was not able to do this, amen. I believe that God said, I'm gonna do this incrementally, I'm gonna do this proportionately, and this is gonna be for your good, amen. I want us to consider for a moment just a few words of verse 29. I will not drive them out from before thee for one year, amen. I'm gonna tell you something I figured out about God, amen. I think I can say this with confidence. There's a lot of aspects of God that I have not figured out, amen, but I think I've got one thing nailed down, amen, about God, and that is this, God is not in a hurry. He is not intimidated by my frustration. He's not intimidated about my lost sleep and my worry, amen, but can I tell you tonight that today that divine action is not a hasty thing. God may give us a promise, amen, but I'm gonna tell you we need to settle something in our heart and our spirit and say, you know what, until that promise comes into fruition, I'm gonna still be faithful to the house of God. I'm gonna be faithful, amen, in my daily prayer, in my daily walk with him. I'm not gonna get all shook up about this, Amen, here is what, amen, we think God has so often forgotten what he said. Amen, that's the battle. We think that God made us a promise and then somehow God has has forgotten what he said he would do. But I gotta remember 2 Peter 3 and 9 where the Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. Amen, God, if he said it, then he's gonna do it. And so I'm just gonna have to hold on. I'm gonna put my faith and my confidence and my trust Trust in him. Just because it didn't happen in an instant is no sign that it's not gonna happen at all. Because sometimes in our impatience, we fail to understand how wonderfully patient God is. Amen, he would not drive them out. He would not drive them out. He said, I'm not gonna do it, but there's a purpose behind it. He said, lest the land should become desolate. Amen, there was an insufficient number of people Amen, in the children of Israel that were walking in to the promised land. 
And so we're just gonna look at this in a very logical way. Just consider the logistics of this whole thing. Amen. He said, there's not enough of you to fully inhabit the land. And so if you're not, if you're not able to fully inhabit the land, then the weeds are gonna take over. The land is gonna get away from itself. Over the last several years, I, I, on a particular stretch of highway around here, there was a, a, I don't even know who owns the property and, and it, that's not important, but they had a beautiful stand of planted timber there and, and uh, I, I just watched all through the years as they planted the timber and the timber came up and, and the, we watched how they, they were, were harvesting the pine straw was a common practice around here and, and then one day they showed up uh, to cut the timber and they cut off all that timber and I remember thinking in my mind, well I wonder what they're gonna do now. I wonder if they're gonna plant timber again. I wonder if they're gonna you know, dig it all up and maybe just turn it back into farmland. Just kind of curious as to what they were going to do and, and I just began to notice that days turned to weeks and weeks to months and then months to years and years have now turned to decades and, and you can't even imagine that that piece of property was once pristine. You can't even imagine that, that it's all grown up and I can promise you that it would take thousands of dollars now just to clean it up to get it back usable and so I begin to read this passage of scripture and just pardon my little simple mind but my mind went to that parcel of land. If you don't take care of, if you don't do something with this land, it's gonna turn into wasteland. Amen, you're not strong enough yet to conquer and you're not strong enough yet to occupy the land. Amen, you can't fully inhabit the land. Amen, so he said I'm gonna leave the enemy there and what you think is the enemy you only see them as the enemy but I here's what I got them I got them tend to the land amen I got them plowing the garden hallelujah you think the enemy is there and we ought to just walk in in the name of Jesus and curse the enemy and run them completely out and God said you don't understand that enemy is working for me and ultimately that enemy is working for you amen he is cleaning the land he's tilling the land he's taking care of it can I tell you the incremental blessings of God today. I'm, I, I just feel in the Holy Ghost that sometimes some of the things we're trying to curse is what God has put in our life. Some of the things we're trying to get rid of, God is saying, you better not take that out until you know what it's being used for. I have got this enemy there for a reason. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. They needed those enemies there. We're going to just call them enemies. They needed those enemies. Those enemies were keeping the wild animals down. Amen, God was just gonna grant them a gradual conquest. I'm gonna let you get it, but you're gonna need to grow into it because right now you're not big enough to occupy the land. I believe God promises us some shoes before we're big enough to fill them. Amen. So you just hold on, but I've got some blessings I'm gonna bring your way. Praise God. I believe there could be possibly a third reason why the nations were not subdued all at once. And it's not really mentioned in this passage of scripture. And I don't have this scripture on the screens here for you, but I will read it to you from the book of Judges 21 and 22 and 23. And so you can read this when you get home, but I promise you it's there. The Lord said in Judges, he said, I left those nations without driving them out hastily that through them he might prove Israel whether they would keep the way of the Lord to walk therein or not. 
We think how wonderful it would be if we never had another battle. But the Lord said, I'm gonna leave a little bit of them there to prove whether or not you really will serve me. Amen. I'm gonna just prove whether or not that you're gonna walk with me. You see, some things may stand in our path to keep us committed to the ways of the Lord. Amen. We often think that everything that goes wrong is just something that, you know, just some plan of the enemy. But I'm gonna tell you, and I'm not, I'm not denying that, that we do wrestle against not flesh and blood and principalities, and I'm not ignorant of those things. But, but you see, many times, God brings some things in our life, allows some things in our life. Amen, things for our good. And so in some ways, having the enemy inhabit that land was a good thing. Because by the time they were able to gradually conquer this land, as the scripture foretold, all the way in Genesis, you're going to move into houses that you did not build, and you are going to eat from orchards you did not plant, and vineyards that you did not plant. Amen. And so they were able to conquer cities and move into homes that they did not even build because the Lord said, I'm gonna buy little and little. I'm going to move them. And when it's time for you to be where they are, I'll move them out of the way and move you in. And I just feel like the Lord needs to speak this. Amen. And I'm going to let you know he's preaching to me today. Amen. He's preaching to me today. By little and by little. Amen. It gives us a greater appreciation. It gives us a different perspective. Because all of our lives can look, we can all look at our lives reflectively and, and we can say in truth, in not, not many exceptions, if any, in this building today, that we are a little bit further down the road than we give ourselves credit for. Because I can tell you that, that we can say things like this truthfully. It hasn't always been this way. A crisis came in our life and, 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 and I, I wouldn't have always handled it like this. I might have really messed this up a few years ago, but we might be able to truthfully say, I remember when I used to struggle with this and that a little bit more than I struggle with that now. Amen. Some good points to consider, and we're gonna do this in closing today. Amen. Is that He said in verse 23, he said, my angel's gonna go before you, but this came with a warning. He said, don't serve or bow down or go after other gods. He said, you need to overthrow those gods and break them down. Verse 27, he said, I, I, I'm gonna send hornets before thee that'll drive out the enemy and it'll cause them to turn their back. And It took Joshua and his army, if you know the story, it took them several years to conquer the land. They didn't just walk in and... No. As a matter of fact, because of their doubt and unbelief, some of this was not even really conquered until David's reign. But nevertheless, it took them years to conquer the land. And so it was all in the perfect plan of God. The perfect plan of God. Unless your child is a true exception, I'll promise you that if you offered them the keys to a brand new car when they were 12, they would probably take it. 
I doubt there's very few that would say, thank you, I appreciate that, but I don't feel like I'm ready for that right now. But they would take it. And what might look like such a blessing may truly prove to be detrimental. It wasn't because they didn't need it one day. It was just because they weren't ready for it today. And so what I need you to do is just keep riding over here in this seat and you just watch me. You just watch me for a little while. And in time, it will be time. In time, it will be time. And when it is time, it will be right. And we can step into what the Lord wanted us to do. Praise God. Let's stand together. If we could understand, it sounds a little cliche, but there's truth in it, that God's delay is not God's denial. He's just saying, just keep studying, just keep, just keep working, and I'll give you what is rightfully yours. I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not saying this at all, at, at all, for any other reason than 100% honesty. But I know the Lord laid this message on my heart for me. I felt to share it. But I don't think I'm alone here today. I think there's some people that are standing with unfulfilled promises and the spirit of doubt and frustration can so easily be born in our lives. And so I just want you to understand something. That what you see as an enemy. And you know what? The people that were occupying this land were not, they, they were, they were not make-believe enemies. These were real enemies. These were real enemies. These were people that would have taken their life in an instant was not make-believe enemies. They were real enemies. But the Lord said, if you'll let me, I'll use them. If you'll let me, I'll use them. And in the end, you're gonna be the one to benefit from it because they're not working for you. They're working for me right now. Amen. I wonder if we could just maybe just worship the Lord in this song. Can we do it? Let's give room for the Lord to move right here. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website again thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family